you know what? I have some bad takes, and I was, you know, I'm actually shocked by that one. I, that one even took myself by surprise. The Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. As we are each and every week talking Winnipeg Blue Bombers football, a little bit around the CFL as well. It's Bombs Away with our good friend John Rush. John, thanks for doing this today as always. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for thanks for having me. It's always uh, it's always a pleasure. Absolutely, man. All right. So before we get into uh, the Blue Bombers' latest win, before we get into uh, the bye week stuff and and maybe what's coming up in the future for the Bombers and for yourself, uh, we're going to start with a little bit of audio. This is uh, this is you last week, and I want you to explain yourself. <laughs> you know what? I'm not sure about this one. I'm I'm, uh, I'm not sure about this one. And I, I actually might predict the first my first Bomber loss of the season. Actually, now. I'm going to give you a chance to explain yourself because, John, that was the worst take you've ever made in the, the, the 13 weeks we've been doing this. You know, I, I have some bad takes, and I was, you know, I'm actually shocked by that one. <laughs> I, that one even took myself by surprise. Um, you, you know what? All, you know what? All the, all the markers were pointing towards what I I don't know I don't know what happened I don't know what happened like the you know it it seems crazy I think you know sometimes in this business you just you just you make a bad mistake but that being said you know the other weeks I was pretty darn close so uh, I will I will admit I'm I'm a, I'm, I'm a man so I'll admit when I'm wrong uh, and I was very wrong. Yeah, you couldn't uh, have been more that. polar opposite of what actually happened. And another part Literally. that uh, we actually talked, it's funny because we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I don't have the clip handy, but uh, I brought up, you know, are you bold enough to predict a Winnipeg Blue Bomber shutout? And uh, you said, no, it's really, really hard to shut out teams in this league. And, and then you went on to very, you know, astutely point out that the other team does have uh, players being paid too. But it didn't seem to matter who was on the field for that 45 nothing win. The Bombers were just on a completely another level than the BC Lions. It, you know, it, it's so insane to see. I think I, 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 when I played, I was a part of, like, one shutout. Um, and we basically had, like, uh, the next day was, like, in our all of our meetings, it was just, like, a huge party because they are so rare that, like, that like it never happens. That like even the coaches that have coached for like twenty years, it rarely happens to. So like, uh, yeah, it, it, it was insane. And like to not even score one point in this in a CFL game is difficult. Like you can punt a ball through the end zone and get a point. Like it is difficult not to score one single point in the CFL. So uh, you know, to for the Blue Bombers to pull that off is. Is it's just insane. Like it, like look, watching that game, you're just like, man, like this is it. It they're on such a different level than every other team that you're just like, man, it, like it's not even fair. And they're doing it to a different pieces, John, which makes things really interesting. I mean, Johnny Augustine rips off 73 yards. Uh, you know, Zach Caleros played very, very well, spreading the ball around. Darvin Adams has his. You know, kind of a breakout game after being in a bit of a slumber the last couple of weeks. The Bombers are showing that they have not only just taken another step, but they have levels that other teams maybe just cannot even imagine getting to with guys that you wouldn't expect to be heroes. Yeah, no, that's kind of exactly it, right? Where, uh, you know, on these other teams, they'll have, like, a good quarterback and one good wide receiver and uh, things like that, but... 
with the blue bombers, there's just so many that they, it's just not like, and it just, it, it kind of, it goes back to that whole, like guys want to be here. You know, guys want to come play for the blue bombers. The guys are willing to take pay cuts, uh, and, and come to Winnipeg to, to play for them because they want to be a part of that. Right. Which, uh, which gives us options, you know, so you don't just have one wide receiver. Um, you know, you have five <laughs> like, <laughs> that can all do it, right? And and then you have three running backs that can all do it. And uh, you have a defense full of studs that, you know, that can all do it. So it, it really just shows, you know, how well they've built this organization up and, and, you know, and that culture they've built here. And it's, it's, it's really awesome to see. Zach Caleros has a strong game again, throwing over 260 yards, uh, you know, three touchdowns, no interceptions. The Bombers have really, you know, since this, this season really started, outside of maybe the second game, they've really protected the ball. And, and I know you've talked about on numerous occasions how turnovers, uh, you know, is something that Winnipeg really strives to 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 keep down like they do not like giving the team opportunities on turnovers but the way that this team manages the ball and manages the clock like it's a clinic that I think other CFL teams will look to down the road as as the gateway to success yeah no that's exactly it to be honest and and it's always surprising to me when um when I see other teams not paying attention to these things they pay attention to these details it's very interesting to me because, uh, like, in my college career, it was a big thing. Uh, and then in my pro career, I played with Winnipeg the entire time. So uh, it was always a, a big thing with us. And whenever I would look at other teams and talk to guys from other teams, uh, they weren't talking about that. And they weren't doing those things. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> like, why aren't you doing that? Like, like it's, And especially at the pro level where I'm like, it's literally what you guys get paid to kind of like do and talk about. Like, what are you talking about in your locker room and, and meetings then? Uh, and it's really interesting to me that more teams, you know, don't focus on these things because like it, the simple ma- fact of the matter in it is, and, and, you know, you know how much I don't like stats. Um, the stats really don't lie when it comes to turnovers. Like it's like if, if you are plus one, on the turnover ratio, uh, your chance of winning the game is like 60 or 70%. If you're plus two, it jumps to like 90. And if it's plus three, it's almost 100%. So it like the stats don't lie. <laughs> if your defense is getting turnovers and you're not giving up the ball, you're going to win the game. <laughs> like almost 100% of the time. It, it, so, and like, you know, things happen. And, and like I always talk about stats sometimes do lie. And you can still pull it out. But more times than not, if you're winning that, if you're winning that turnover battle, you're gonna you're gonna win the game. So it, it, it's always very interesting to me that other organizations aren't focusing on this, and and, and it's not just that; it's the it's the you know it's the penalties too uh, that we oh we always come in first for the least amount of penalties in the league. Like every for the past five years, hands down, there is no team that even comes close to us when it comes to uh, the least amount of penalties taken. So, uh, it, and it's things like that. And it's, and it's like, it's not, it's not rocket science. Like that, that's the thing that, that blows my mind with all of this is like, you know, all of these coaches put so much effort into like the playbook. And I'm like, man, 
you guys basically all have the same playbook. Like, it's not that <laughs> No, it deviates like, maybe a little bit here and there yeah. with, with routes and stuff, but generally most football playbooks would look pretty similar. Exactly, exactly. So I'm like, so I'm like you guys really aren't revolutionizing the wheel here. But where you can win is literally these small details that do matter, the penalties and the turnovers, and you don't focus them on them at all. It, it, so it, every time it, it just and – like, and you see it. You saw it. Like you see it all the time with Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan's almost always number one for penalties taken. And I'm like, this is why you guys don't win. <laughs> like, it's not that difficult. You guys give up. Like, because if you, if you equate it, like if, if you take 100 yards worth of penalties in a game, that's basically – a touchdown, right? You're giving if you give the other team 100 yards, it's basically a touchdown. That's kind of how like the math works, out, right? Or 110, right? So the more penalties you take, the more potential points you're giving to your opponent. And this, the Rough Riders literally always take the most penalties. And, and I always sit there. I'm like, this isn't rocket science. It's basic math. Like it's very, very basic math. And I'm just like, I don't understand how they're not addressing this issue with their team. And it, and it blows my mind. And, and, I mean, it's great for us. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, like for me, like, I would never complain because I was like, I don't care. Like, do whatever you want. Well, yeah, like, the adage is if the other team's making mistakes, let them. You'll take advantage. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't care. Like, you're just losing yourself games now at this point. Like, big deal for me. Yep. But, like, from from, like – my football mind perspective, I would, I would, it would always like boggle my mind that I'm just like that. You're stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're stu- that this doesn't make sense. You're a professional football team, and you're not addressing one of your biggest issues. It just, it was, it would, it was weird. It was always weird to me. Yeah, let's zoom out from uh, looking at specific players and look. Let's look at the team overall. I mean, forty-five nothing. Obviously, there's a lot of positive to take away from that. But you know, I'm looking at spreading the offense out. Augustine, like I said, had four carries. Brady Oliveira had seventeen. Dembski, Rashid Bailey, Sean McGuire all get uh, at least one carry for some positive yards. Receiving wise, the whole receiving core targeted or at least made two catches. I, and, you know, scored some touchdowns. And then the defense was fantastic. What does a win like this do for a locker room, John? And I'm not talking, like, just offense or defense. I'm talking about a collective locker room with, you know, 50-plus guys in there being able to all celebrate a win like this. No, it, it's huge. It's huge for, for the confidence and the team bonding and, you know, getting the guys, like, together and on the same page. And not that, not that they really needed that. But, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's been a tough year uh, all around. It's been, you know, it's been a different year for everyone. So uh, being able to do something like this um, together uh, is a huge team bonding experience. And, and I'm sure the guys are, you know, elated to say the least that uh, they, you know, they pulled this off, that not, they're now on a bye week, that, you know, the coaches are going to be super happy. So they're going to give the guys a little bit more leeway on uh, – you'll probably this bye week and, and coming back and things like that. So it's, you know, it just, it's a really good team bonding experience for all of it, all the guys to do this together and, and have this uh, experience because like I said, it's rare. Like this does not happen very often. So, um, so for the guys to do this, you know, together and do it so single handedly and uh, as, as a collective group, like every, every, um, you know, every team played, played well, um, you know, it wasn't just like the defense 
stood out and it was like a it was like a you know 10 nothing game kind of thing it was like every single you know team played well out there so it was it, it's a really great team bonding experience that uh hopefully you know helps and carries them into the, the coming weeks here because you know now now it's getting into that crunch time right yeah, and with that in mind, uh, the Bombers needed to address their kicking game. They went out and did that. I thought, um, you know, the, the kicker looked like he had the weight off his shoulders a little bit. You know, even mm-hmm. kicking the extra point, he didn't look nearly as tense as he did uh, the last couple of weeks. So, uh, again, it's a bit of a boost, but uh, some positives for uh, Murtada to take into maybe down the road if he does have to kick again. Uh, maybe a little boost of confidence there and, and help on the way. Yeah, no, exactly. I, and that, that's the thing. I, I, I was like, oh, man, this is the best the kicking's been. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, was like, I was like, oh, it's kind of funny how it works out that, like that sometimes, right? So, uh, but, yeah, so he, uh, he kicked well. Um, and it, it, it's good. It's good. It, it's a confidence boost for him. Uh, it, you know, it shows that he can do it if need be. Um, but now, you know, now we're in a bye week and we got, we got surge coming and, and things like that. So, you know, uh, that that position's been addressed now. So, like, what what flaws do the Blue Bombers even have anymore, right? Yeah, but now my question is, like, how much pressure is within that locker room on themselves? I saw their six to four favorites to win the Grey Cup. I think the next closest is uh, Saskatchewan at like eleven to one. There's maybe pressure mounting from the outside. Do guys feel that in the locker rooms, being the top dogs, being the expected, you know, Grey Cup finalists and and probably expected Grey Cup champions? No, uh, I don't think so. To be honest, the guys don't really. Um, I wouldn't say focus on that because I mean, like, especially when because like at every uh, and especially when you're doing well, the the sports reporters. Like, when you're doing poorly, the sports reporters don't really come around as much. They kind of just, like, sit at home and do their own thing and just, like, write hit pieces about you guys. Uh, but when you're doing well, they uh, the sports reporters start coming around more and then start asking questions like that a lot more. Uh, so, so like, I would be remiss to say that they, like, they're unaware of it. You know what I mean? But, like, for the most part, in that locker room, it's like, you don't really, it, you know, we talk about it all the time that like all that stuff's kind of noise because at the end of the day, we still have, you know, it, it's great that we're favorites. It's great that, you know, we're, we're slotted to win the gray cup, et cetera, et cetera. But we're not even in the gray cup yet. We still have to win, you know, we still have to win the Western finals, right? Like we still, we still have a lot more work to do before we even get to the gray cup. So if you start, you know, if you start listening to that now, and especially this early, you know, like it's, we're still only in October here, like, <laughs> not till December. So, uh, you know, you, especially if you start listening to that early, you're just setting yourself up for disaster. You know what I mean? You're, Absolutely. So, uh, so for the most part, like, no, like not really. The guys, for the most part, don't really focus on it, and it doesn't really affect them you know come come end of november kind of december-ish you know that that's definitely a different story um and especially when we get into the gray cup week and things like that uh it's uh it's, you know that was you know that was an intense experience but but like this early you know most of the guys are kind of not really focusing on that and and you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the coming weeks, too, now that they also secured that Western final playoff game. 
Absolutely. Uh, one more uh, player that I kind of want to focus in on here. We talked about him. Uh, his return was a real boost, and he had a real breakout game. Uh, Janarian Grant, I mean, he uh, he makes that return for a touchdown. He's got eight returns, 149 yards. Uh, he just adds another element, John, that we talked about, that if Winnipeg could get straightened out, they'd be even more dangerous. And, boy, he uh, he showed off his skill set in a big way, and, and that's great because I know – uh, you were saying how great of a guy he is, and you always like to see good guys have success. So what was it like to see him kind of break out and reestablish himself as one of the best in the CFL? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's awesome to see. Grant's a, Grant's a good guy. He's an he's a unreal returner, so shifty. Like, even <laughs> even in practice when you're, like, when you're on, like, the cover team and, like, he's just sitting back there taking punts. Like, yeah, I, you know, sometimes you're just sitting there, you're like, you're like, man, I'm really lucky. I don't have like. I'm just really happy. I don't have to go against you. <laughs> like you're like because like even even on air because like you're not obviously you're never like like live in practice where you're like tackling him or anything. But like you're supposed to kind of like break down and like you know touch his hips and and kind of run by him kind of thing, right? Uh, and he's like he's like kind of like doing his thing, and you're just like man. I don't know if I can actually tackle him. <laughs> like you're kind of in practice. You're like. Thank God it's only like, you know, touch his hips, run by kind of thing. And because you're like, the way he moves, you're just like, yeah, I don't know, man. So, so to see him, you know, do well, uh, it, w- it was great. And, you know, he, he's a, he's a, I, he sat two lockers down for me in the locker room too. And he's a good guy that he, you know, it's quiet, keeps to himself, works hard. Uh, he, you love, you love to see guys that, you know, work hard succeeding, right? That's what, that's what you want. Absolutely. Uh, John, I, again, I know you're not a stats guy, but uh, you know, from a fan's perspective, one stat that always interests me, and ever since we started talking, I've been really paying attention to time of possession. Yeah. And uh, the difference between Winnipeg and BC is 39, uh, sorry, 33-29 for Winnipeg, 26-31 for the, uh, for the Lions. To me, that seems like a lot. I mean, you know, seven minutes difference, that's a lot. Uh, you know, what is that a stat that teams are... are overly proud of i mean does the coaching staff you know give fist pumps when you see time of possession and what is considered a big gap when it comes to time of possession in a cfl game yeah no that's that's it's a great question because it's the time of possession is is something that is actually a huge focus because especially especially if you're winning right if you're winning you want to control the football right you you want to be able to uh you know control the game because if you tr- control the football you control the game if you control the game you win uh so like time of possession is like a stat that is focused on uh quite a bit uh but like i said I, i've been it, it's interesting because you know i've been part of part of games where uh we were actually getting killed in time of possession and, and we, we we won still so um it it sometimes it can be uh misleading because you know the thing is, if, if you have if you have like you know a, a seventy yard bomb to Darwin, uh, that play takes you know seventeen seconds, and um, and then that's kind of it. And then if you have like uh, if you have a, a stud defense that's just like kind of keeping the other team at bay, you can you can still win the game just off of that. But but that being said, you know it, it's an it's an extremely important stat if you're winning because that's how you that's how you kind of know if you're controlling the game and if you're actually uh if you're actually a good football team 
because good football teams can control the rate of the game and 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 not just have a 70-yard bomb on a blown coverage kind of thing, right? Yeah. Anybody can get lucky and do that, but actual good football teams control the game. So uh, it is, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really important stat, especially if you want to be a good football team. Uh, a big, anything, anything over five minutes is good. Like if you, if you have a five-minute difference, it, like that's a good time of possession gap. Like if you're five-plus minutes on them, uh, anything better than that is, is, is kind of gravy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, mo- like, mo- like if you, if you kind of like break it down, close games, they're going to be pretty close to even within a couple minutes. You're not – like the time of possession doesn't really deviate that much in close games. That's, that's, it kind of just goes back and forth. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been part of I've been part of a couple games that were like ten plus, and that's when you're just like dominating a team. Like it's like you're just like literally running the ball. You know, you know when you're a part of games where you're like you're literally just running the ball, but getting ten yards a carry still every carry. That's when you're like ten plus minutes, and you're just like you're trying to like not run up the the score, but. Like you're, and you're just running the ball, but you're still getting like huge yards. You're like, oh man, I, we don't really know what to do here. So yeah, it's interesting because I had somebody ask me to ask you this question when they when they found out I was recording today. Uh, Mike Riley, like you gotta, you had to feel bad for him at certain points of that BC game. Uh, do do guys on the field at a certain point just start going like I don't know what to do anymore? This guy's getting crushed like every other play. He's down on the ground. He can barely pick himself up. Like do got do you start feeling bad for the other team or is it still just like a uh just a give it all out mindset? Like how do you just take us through like what is it like how do guys deal with a guy like Mike Riley for BC that got hammered every time and yet uh, not feel bad or do they feel bad? Uh. I like it's it's interesting, uh, especially a guy like Mike Riley. I have absolutely zero sympathy for uh, that guy. Took uh, an absolutely ludicrous contract, uh, sewered the rest of the team. Um, he you know he made his own bet on that one. Uh, they you know they couldn't they couldn't afford to pay any of the O line because he took such a big contract. Absolute not team player. He was completely selfish on that. And, you know, some people are saying, good for you, get your money. Sure, go for it, you know. Uh, but when, you get, when you're getting crushed because your team can't afford a, an O-line because of your stupid contract, I don't feel bad that, right? Like, I, sucks to suck, buddy. But, uh, but for other guys, like, you know, especially when, especially when you see, like, other guys in the league that, that are just, you know, trying to, trying to their best, trying to do it, and they're just getting crushed, you're like, you like you like feel bad, but it doesn't change anything. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're like, oh man, like, yeah, that sucks. But I'm still gonna hit you. <laughs> like, it, it, like it, you know, it's not gonna change like how how you play. Like, especially because you know, like at, at that point, like we've all been playing football so long that we've been there. Like we've all been in that situation where we're the ones getting crushed, and we know how bad it sucks. Like, it's not. It's not good. Like, it's not a good feeling knowing that you're getting crushed all the time um, and getting hit every single play or every other play. And yeah, it's it, 
or you're and you're getting dominated forty five nothing. You know, we've all been part of games like that at that point. It sucks, and we get it. But like that sucks for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's not my problem. Yeah, it really it sounds like a you problem, right? <laughs> and it's, like, it sounds harsh, but I'm like, now I'm not going to change the way I play. If I change the way I play, I might get cut. So like, sorry, dude. But like, you know, that sucks. But I'm still gonna do my thing. Like I'm still gonna go 100. percent And and you and I mean like you saw that. Like you saw the defense lighting them up the entire game because that's like that's how you have to be. You know you can't you can't not be that way, or you know or you just won't be there anymore, right? Yep, exactly. Again, it's it, uh, like you said. It sucks to be you, and it's but better you than than me. That's got to be yeah. the mindset, right? Exactly. All right. Uh, before we get into uh, a new game that I actually just came up with that we're going to play, John, I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, we'll get into it in just a little bit. And yes, it involves your Twitter account. I'll, I'll just tease that right now. Uh, Winnipeg does have a home game coming up next week, next Saturday versus Montreal. Uh, we'll get more into that game next week, obviously. But uh, just on the outset, a week away, Montreal's won four in a row. They get a big game against Saskatchewan coming up on Saturday. Uh, Montreal, this could be maybe a great cut preview the way Montreal's kind of put it together of late, or do you see Montreal as more of a flash in the pan? And, and maybe what do you expect here uh, heading into next week? It'll, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be interesting. But, like Montreal is always such a, especially like the past like seven years, six years. They they're always such a a wild card of a team, like. With like the owner changes, the QB changes, the QB carousel they've had, like it, they've always just been this weird kind of like anomaly team where they have really good players half the time, but like can't put it together organizationally, and and so it's like actually hard to like decipher if they are a good team or not. You know what I mean? Like you're kind of like. Well, you guys do have lots of good players, but you also have a terrible record. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, hey, like you're like sitting there, like, okay, so, it's, and then like, and then you like you don't really know what's going on in that locker room because like they're just like this super like obscure team that like doesn't they don't really like market they don't really promote outside of like Quebec basically, so you're kind of just like okay. Okay, like who are you guys? Like, what is that? And so, so when you look at them, and you know, I got, I know, I've watched them play, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, you guys are, you guys are pretty good. Like, you're pretty good. You're a pretty good team, but also, like, your your record doesn't really reflect it. Uh, you just got, uh, you just got a new quarterback, which you know, interested to see how that uh, turns out. And and you know, Vernon Adams was you know a very well-liked guy in that locker room and, and across the league. Well, guys, guys are super big on, on Vernon Adams. So to have, you know, to have Trevor Harris come in now, who's like, that's like, that's like a, that's not like a guy you just bring in to fill in while Vernon, Vernon Adams is kind of injured. That's, no, he's no, he's there to take Vernon Adams job. Exactly. Like that's like, that's, that's a franchise QB. So it's like, Okay, well, like, what's gonna happen now? Like, are like, are the guys gonna be upset that you guys kind of like turned on Vernon that quickly? Because, because, 
I'm pretty sure I wasn't. Vernon Adams wasn't out for the season, right? He was only on the six game. Uh, yeah, but he might end up. He might not come back the same, right? Like I think yeah. they're trying. They're trying to hedge their bets and for and sure. maybe do what Winnipeg did last year. I mean, did they really need to go get Zach Caleros last year? Or you know, they obviously did because they won the Grey Cup or, or two years ago. Yeah. Maybe they're trying to just hedge hedge their bets and do what the Bombers did. And if you win a Grey Cup with two good quarterbacks, that's a good problem to have, even if you got to cut one loose next year. Yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. So, but it, it'll be interesting to see. You know how the how the the rest of the team reacts to having you know Trevor Harris there. Uh, I think so if they win, I think if they win, all is good. If they lose, I, I okay, maybe there would be some issues, but I think winning would cover up a lot of any like, oh, I feel bad for Vernon Adams, but we won the game. Well, well yeah, exactly. That I mean, like that. At the end of the day, it's all about winning. Yeah. Yes, but so it, so you know, it, it's tough. It's it's just tough to like kind of know what kind of team. Um, you know what kind of team Montreal is because yeah. they just like they're always this weird anomaly team that has so much extracurricular stuff <laughs> happening to them that it's like you're like good, but who knows who's gonna show up at the, any given point? You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Like I even remember in 2019 when um, when we were like absolutely it was it was in Montreal we were dominating them the entire game. And then, like, all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, they, like, staged some weird comeback and won the game. And everyone was like, what? What's, like, what just <laughs> happened? Like, um, everyone was, like, super confused. And, like, we were all kind of just sitting there like, okay, like, you guys are, like, kind of good. And then I, like, I'm pretty sure they finished, like, near the bottom of the pile that year. Yeah, they, so, like, they, I think they went on to just pretty much tank the rest of the year. Like, their great cup was that game. Well, exactly. You yeah. know what I mean, and, yeah. and and so it's just like you just you don't like, know. That was like Burnham Adams was like running all over the field. He like ran for an insane amount of yards that game. It was you know it was just like you just don't know who you're gonna get with Montreal. It's just like this wild card. Yeah, so it'll be really interesting. We'll break that uh, down more next week, heading into uh, that game versus the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Montreal, Winnipeg in Winnipeg should be a dandy. Uh, John, because it's the bye week, we do have a little bit of extra time today, so I've come up with a brand new game, and it's based off your Twitter account. It's called Retweet or Delete. I've gone through some of your old tweets, and uh, I wanted to know if you would retweet that or if you would back off your take and delete it. Now, given your strong social media presence, uh, you've got over 20,000 followers. You've tweeted over you know, 20,000 times. Like, it's insane how many tweets there are. I couldn't go through them all. But uh, I found some ones from a couple months ago. So, uh, retweet or delete. Do you tuck your sweatpants over your feet to turn them into booty pajamas, or are you normal? Would you retweet, or would you like to delete that? Uh, I'm literally doing that right now, so retweet 100%. (laughs) That is uh, the best. That's the best thing to do. That's, like, it's so comfortable. The, Anybody that says that isn't comfortable is lying. The problem with this game is that I know that anything you tweet, you firmly believe. So <laughs> like, there's going to be nothing you want to delete. But I just wanted to go through some of your old yeah. tweets. Here's another one. Uh, I might lose my aspiring Winnipeg influencer status by saying this, but it's so cold I had to turn my furnace on today. I'm sorry, pensive face. Do you still have your heat on, or would you like to uh, maybe delete that tweet? So... That one I might. That one I might delete. Like, I was. 
I was upset that I had because what when was it? I was like that was like in September, wasn't it? Yeah, I that was, was uh, like an, just one random day in uh, in September. Yeah, no, exactly. And I was it was cold though. I was I was freezing, so I was I was upset with myself that I had to tweet that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that one was you know I didn't I didn't want to, but I I had to you know I had to be true to myself and and let the people know that, but. I think if I could go back, I, I would delete it. You definitely you live in the moment, yeah. right? Like that's yeah. that's an in the moment tweet. That's not really definitely. a hot take. That's a living in the moment. And then I exactly. liked how you went to war trying to to get people to stop saying that the only reason they don't like Winnipeg is because it's cold. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That's, yep. uh, yeah, but it, I mean, like to be fair, it is cold. So. It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, retweet or a uh, retweet or delete uh, with John Rush here. Uh, here's another one of yours. You're all going to be so proud of me. I now own four pairs of shoes that are not Crocs. Is that uh, something you would retweet, or have you kind of thrown them aside and gone back to the Crocs? I, okay, so I um, I now own five pairs of shoes that aren't Crocs. So big, big day, big day for the kid. Um, but so here's the thing: I still wear like 95 percent Crocs. <laughs> like, like I, because I, I work from home. I work from home, so I just. I just, you know, I have house Crocs and I just kind of wear my Crocs around the house and that's, you know, that's, that's all it is. So, um, so I have house Crocs. I have house Crocs. (laughs) They're amazing. Um, I, so actually what I do is I put my sweatpants over my feet and then I put my Crocs on. Because Crocs have, they're not designed to keep heat in. Well, exactly. (laughs) So it's perfect. And you so wonder like why you turned your heat on in September. Like, this is all making sense. You have your yeah, sweatpants so. over your Crocs. You have your heat on. Yeah. I feel like you bring a lot of this on yourself. Oh, I 100% do. 100%. I am a hot mess expecter. <laughs> no, no, no question. But but I was proud of myself for buying shoes that weren't Crocs uh, because I needed to for a wedding and work. So I was like, you know what? Uh, you guys will be happy. Because I take a lot of heat for my Crocs. I take every time I post my cross, people are take. I take a lot of heat for it, so I was like, you know what, you guys will be proud of me. I have normal shoes. There you go. So well done, keeping the people happy. Got a couple more here. Retweet or delete uh, on bombs away as it's a bomber bye week. So we went down John's uh, Twitter, which, by the way, if you want to have a good time, scroll back on John <laughs> Rush Twitter. Uh, yeah. Here's another great take by you. Did it hurt when you found out baby carrots are just regular carrots that have been shaved down? Do you also, you know like, what? just run around and tell kids that, uh, you know, you try and ruin Christmas for kids, too? Or what are you doing? Yeah, no, I know. I, I <laughs> Thinking back on that one, oh, I, could I post it on Instagram, too? And uh, I ruined a lot of people's days. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people were upset. And they're like, wait, what? And they had to Google it. I'm just like, oh, man, like, this is this was not, like, I thought, I thought this was common knowledge. I thought everyone kind of knew. So I was just like make I was trying to make like a funny joke, but like I ruined a lot of people's days. And I'm like, oh man, that's that's bad. Sorry guys. That is that's gonna definitely be up there in your uh, tweet hall of fame for sure. Because yeah. well, yeah, because you're just throwing it out there, and all of a sudden, boy, did you get bombarded. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's another one: retweet or delete. Weird question. Do like bugs ever sleep? I feel like I always see them buzzing around. That's no, I would retweet that because that 
a very valid question. I still have yet to see a sleeping <laughs> bug. It's it's like some people said they like I don't know like they sleep at weird times and stuff like that. I'm like I'm like bro, I have not once ever seen a sleeping bug, and I will st- I will literally stand by the stance that they come out of their eggs and they don't stop for the rest of their lives. That that. That is a firm stance I, w- I am willing to stand on. Working from home has done wonders for you, eh? Literally, my <laughs> mental health is at an all-time high, so yes. <laughs> uh, I got four more here for you. Retweet or delete. Uh, the only reason I would ever consider having kids is so I could rip around in a minivan. A Van Borghini, if you will. I, okay, the only reason I would delete that was because I would never consider having kids seriously. So, <laughs> and I know that is a hot take. I know a lot of people get upset with me when I say that. Uh, but kids are not in my future. But a minivan, I was literally looking uh, on Auto Trader last night for minivans. So uh, a Van Bergini, I could. So here's the thing I would put like, I would like soup it up. So I would have like tinted windows and like the flames going down the like the side doors and things like that. So I would make it like so horrible. Like it would be horrible, but it would be sick. You know what I mean? Everyone'd be like, "This guy's a lunatic," <laughs> <laughs> and it would just be so sweet. And like, so, but the thing is, I want I want the van for the dog. Right. It has like low clearance. I can take the seats out, you know, et cetera. Um, but if I'm gonna do it. I'm going all in. You know what I mean? Like you can with a van you can't just like have a van. Like you gotta go in with a van to make that thing look sweet. So I like I would think I think I would just like I would delete it and reword it because yeah, like I'm not having kids. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know what? I feel like this game is terrible because Twitter like limits you to how many characters you can you can have. Well, exactly. And now I've given you like a platform where you can just like take that topic and run with it and I yeah. and this is going to be scary but I think we may do this more regularly. Couple more. Uh, yes. uh yeah. excuse me, but why did nobody tell me about the magical secret of adding pure Canadian maple syrup to your coffee? Would you retweet or delete and have you done it? So, yeah, no retweet. That it's so I went to uh I went to St. Malo a couple weekends ago and uh for a little staycation. And I went to a maple syrup farm, as we do in Canada. And uh, on a Friday night, I was doing maple syrup shots with uh, um, with the head, you know, maple like syrup farmer. Uh, I guess. <laughs> I guess I don't really. Know what this. <laughs> you wanted to call him something from like a vineyard, didn't you? Like you were thinking, yeah, like, like he's a barista or something. Yeah, like a sommelier, or <laughs> like, like yeah, I don't know, like what do you call a maple syrup guy, but. Um, and he gave me like he gave me a bottle of this pure maple syrup, uh, and he's like, like when you wake up in the morning, put this in your coffee. It's delicious. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah. It's like he's like, you know, people add sugar. I'm like, I, I drink my coffee black. So, but I'm like, he, like yes, I know people add sugar to their coffee. He's like, yeah, it's kind of like that, but like ten times better. I'm like, whoa. So so like whatever. Like I go to bed. Like I'm not gonna drink a coffee at. It was like, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, well, I'll wait till the morning to do this. Um, and then, yeah, like, I did it in the morning. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> like, why is literally, like, why are people putting sugar in their coffee when they could be putting maple syrup? <laughs> it's, it's, like, significantly better than just putting, like, 
you know, white sugar packets into your coffee. Like, way, way, way better. You are two steps away from being Vince Vaughn and Wedding Crashers, where you put maple syrup on pizza, and you maybe, if you're having a bad day, you put a little maple syrup in your hair, you know, just to kind of brighten your day up. You are two steps away from that. You know what? It's, it does smell delicious, so <laughs> I, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset by it. I I'll tell you that much. The dogs would still sleep through it, so don't, don't try and do it to get the attention of, of Bone and Bailey. Yeah, they, they, they don't care about anything. Last two, because I, I really agree with you on one of these, and, I, and I'll, we'll start with that one. Uh, I could not want to retweet this one more. Breakfast food isn't anytime food, and that is the red flag of the century. If somebody says breakfast food isn't anytime food, they are the worst kind of people. I'm, I'm guessing you would hammer retweet on that. Uh, a one million percent. Like, I, I eat breakfast three times a day almost every single day. Like, uh, it is... It's the it's the most versatile food ever. You can it's it, there's so much like a, there's so much variety in breakfast foods in general, but then you know but then it's just like the best kind of food. There's no food that beats like and if, and and listen, like if we're bringing soup into this, like oh you're gonna eat soup over like an omelet? Uh, excuse me, but no, like come on, we're having omelets and hash browns way better than soup. So like, I I don't get how people don't like breakfast food. Just it, and like it's an anytime food. People are like, oh well, I don't like eating in the morning. I'm like, just eat it at lunch then. It's still like it's still the best food. It's like still better than a sandwich. Like who 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 picks a sandwich <laughs> over breakfast food? Like just you can have a breakfast sandwich. Like it literally is possible. Exactly, and and a breakfast sandwich is better than any other sandwich you're gonna have. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, the only the only two foods I would like switch it up for is like burgers and pizza. I'd be like, all right, all right yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Sure. Uh, last yeah. one from you. You threw this one out yesterday, and uh, I'm not sure much so much it's a retweet or delete, but I do have a follow up. Uh, driving when all the street lights turn on feels like a superpower. Yes, that is very very cool. And the lights are going on earlier because it gets darker earlier. But John Rush. Uh, what would be your superpower? And I'm assuming it's not just turning lights on, but if you could choose a superpower, what would it be? Oh, 100% talk to animals. 1 million percent Dr. Doolittle. That would be my go-to. I would love to be able to talk to animals. I think that would be the, the coolest thing in the entire world. Like, I don't like, people are always like, oh, like I want to fly or, you know, I want super strength. I'm like, to do what? <laughs> we have airplanes and we have like machines that can we have cranes that can pick up things i don't know like to do what like what am i what am i going to do walk outside my house and pick up my car <laughs> like, what do i need super strength for like that doesn't do anything for me talking hey, well, to animals though that would be cool that, who would who would like, be the better conversationalist though uh bone or bailey well it depends <laughs> it depends who, what kind of conversation you want to have? Depends on who's awake. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> yeah, bone. Bone would be a very one-word answer, very quiet, reserved kind of person. Bailey would not shut up. So, uh, kind of depends what kind of conversation you want to have. Fair enough. Uh, because yeah, they're they're kind of polar opposites in that regard. But then again. They're both sleeping right now, so uh, who who really knows? You can't, you couldn't really actually tell. You know what? We're gonna do retweet or delete uh, going forward. I'll just grab some tweets that get some good response, and then I'll see if you want to retweet or delete them. We may, yeah. we're gonna make that a weekly segment from here on out. We won't do yeah. as many as we did today, 
but we'll do a few. Uh, John, I know that we are a little bit tight for time, but I do want to end on this. As weather starts to turn a little bit colder, our minds maybe need to start going to not just our own heating situation, but those of animals around, uh, you know, Manitoba. You're a very proud um, a member of the adopt founda- of uh, the adoption team. You are always for adopt, don't shop. Uh, just again, the importance of adopting animals and how people can impact the lives of those that do not have voices. Yeah, no, it, it's huge, especially and and especially in Manitoba, where where it does get so cold here, and and it's the freezing temperatures. You know, I remember one of the first times I flew out to Winnipeg uh, in the winter. There was an eyeball freezing warning, where if you were outside too long, your eyeballs would literally freeze. Uh, which to me, being from southern Ontario, seems like an absurd concept, but apparently it's normal here. Um, and if you know, if you're human and your eyeballs are going to freeze. You can imagine what it's like for the animals that have to live outside, right? So, um, so it's just like super important to take care of your animals. And and this, as the weather turns colder and colder, and uh, you know, I I basically have two polar bears in my dogs, but uh, even then, you can tell when it gets down to those you know, negative thirty to negative forty temperatures. Uh, it's it's just not weather. For, for people to be outside or for animals to be outside. And it's really important to, you know, bring those animals inside to help out your local shelters and rescues volunteer because they're going on rescue one runs in those, in that type of weather. Uh, you don't have to go on the rescue run, run yourself, but you can, you know, you, there's so many things you can do. You can help promote, you can, you know, run a blanket drive. Uh, so when those rescues go out and do those rescue runs, to save those animals that are freezing in this weather, um, they have a warm place to go. They have a warm place to to be and, and survive. And um, you know, if you know if you're you know if you're in a community out there and, and you know there's a, a dog that is wandering around, uh, you know, contact your local rescues because they will go out and, and and pick it up. And you can literally save you know an animal's life uh, by doing that. And uh, so it 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 seems simple. Uh, but you know, to the to the dogs, it's literally life changing. So uh, if you can, if you have the ability, uh, and everyone has the ability to you know pick up a phone and call if they just see a you know a, a roaming dog, uh, you know please please help the the animals out, especially uh, with how cold it's going to get because they're I think every I think everyone's predicting that this winter is supposed to be uh, incredibly cold. So. Absolutely. If you can, uh, if you can support financially, great. If you can support with your time, that's fantastic as well. And uh, again, John, thank you so much for taking the time with us this week. And uh, really looking forward to next week when we break down the Bombers versus the Montreal Alouettes at home. And we'll do a little uh, uh, retweet or delete again. But always appreciate the time and happy Halloween to you and the boys over there. Yeah. No. Thanks a lot. I, I always appreciate being here, and I'm, ex- I'm excited. It'll be a. It'll be fun to see how Montreal does this week and all the stuff we're going to be able to talk about next week. And I'll make sure I put out some uh, good tweets just so you can, uh, just so you can uh, chat about them next time. Yeah. I got no doubt you're going to do just fine in the Twitter game. John, as always appreciate it. We'll chat next week. Yeah. Sounds good. We'll see you. The country one Oh seven morning show with Dave Anthony weekday mornings only on country one Oh seven.